two over, right? Can I get an amen? Well, get your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. As you turn there, I want to give you a, a plug. I got something you need to read. Okay? Well, you need to read your Bible. But I got something else I want to encourage you. Uh, there's a book entitled The Insanity of God. Anybody read this one? Um, I, I am just about finished with it. Uh, a few pages left. Nick Ripkin is a former missionary to the Horn of Africa and um, does some exploration into the growth of faith and church in the face of persecution. Um, and uh, it's an, the insanity of God, a true story of faith resurrected. I want to encourage you, get a copy of it and read it. It'll bless your soul. I promise. Um, that's my copy. Um, so, Matthew chapter 5, uh, as we begin... Um, this new year, we're going to get back into the Sermon on the Mount for, for a few weeks. Um, the first Sunday of February, the youth, uh, at the end of D-Now, the youth will be in charge of the service on the first Sunday of February. Then in February, the, the remaining three weeks, we're going to do a series entitled Home Remedies. Uh, since uh, February is the love month and Valentine falls on a Sunday this year, we're going to look at, uh, at, at the home and what God's Word says about that. But the, the next few weeks, we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 5, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And I, I want to, um, if I were to title this series, it would be this, New Year, New Perspectives. New Year, New Perspectives. I think one of the things that we as American Christians, uh, we especially in the Bible Belt, have to come to terms with is that sometimes the faith we have grown up with, that we have uh, taken into our system and try and live out in our lives, is not exactly biblical. It's, it's, it's more cultural and social and, than it is a biblical faith. And so as we look especially at the Sermon on the Mount, we encounter what Jesus said to His disciples, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pray with me. God, help me see your word with, with a new perspective. Help me to, to examine my faith and my walk with you and, and where my faith and my life does not meet up with uh, your word. God, change me. Convict me and change me to be more like what your word declares my faith should be. And so... Uh, New Year, New Perspectives. Now, this first message in Matthew 5, verse 13, if you'll read with me uh, this one verse this morning, the verse says this, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its flavor, its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything 
except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. On the heels of the Beatitudes, you studied this verse this morning in Sunday school. You began with the Beatitudes. You understand, you find out that the life Jesus has called us to is not a life that you and I can live in of ourselves, in our own strength, in our own power. You find in Scripture that the life Christ has called us to must be lived out in His grace. When we try and live our lives uh, to, to please Him, when we try and live for Him in our own strength, what happens is we become just like the Pharisees, going through the motions, living our lives, thinking that we are fulfilling God's desire and God's plan, when ultimately His grace is sufficient for a life that's bigger than just a religion. And so as we encounter this first statement, hear me, this, this, uh, this title of this first message it would be this, You are an agent of change. You are an agent of change. Biblical truth, followers of Christ are agents of change in this world. You are the salt of the earth. Let's begin right there. We as believers in Christ, and, and I hope and pray this morning that you're a believer in Christ, I hope it's not something you just believe abstractly. I hope and pray that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, that you follow His lead in your life. What He says, you obey. Where He leads, you follow. What, what He would have you do, you are obedient to. I have to be honest with you this morning. That sometimes I find myself struggling with that. Sometimes I find myself, if I'm not careful being caught up just like many of us uh, in, in the things of this life and this world, and I miss out on that which God has called me to be uh, on a day-to-day -day basis in my life. <clears throat> so the first thing I would say to you this morning is that if we understand you are the salt of the earth, we need to assume the present responsibility. Assume the present responsibility. You are the salt of the earth. Now listen to me. I, I want you to understand we live in a consumeristic culture. That is that we go about our lives consuming uh, things. Uh, we, we go about, we go to the grocery store to look at what we can consume. Some of us consume more than others. We go to the restaurant and we, we, we sit down and everything we do in a restaurant is about our consumption. We go, we expect the waiter or waitress to to come to our table to bring our drinks so that we can consume them. And they bring our food, or we go to the buffet line and we fix our plates that somebody else has already cooked so that we can consume. And what happens is in our lives is everything becomes about what we can consume, how we can take more in, whether that's uh, from the grocery store or the television screen or the, the movie screen. We, we are all about consuming things. And that's often how we approach our faith. That's often how we approach church, is with this consumer mentality. If it's not benefiting me, then I don't need it. If, it's not, if I'm not being fed, then, well, I, I can just go somewhere else. But part of the consumer mentality is, if I don't like what's going on with that church, I can go to the church right down the road and find it better. Well, here, look, I want you to understand that when we encounter Jesus, Jesus never taught His disciples to be consumers. He told His disciples to be givers. That it wasn't about all that they could consume in this world, but it was about how their lives 
would impact and transform the world as they gave themselves to the greater cause of the kingdom of God. We are called, we are given this, this responsibility. And notice, it's a present responsibility. He did not look at his disciples and say, or chop if you want to, you can be the salt of the earth. He didn't say, you know, if you're good enough, you'll be the salt of the earth. What he looked at his disciples on that mountainside and said was, you are the salt of the earth. That is, as a follower of Christ, you are something greater than yourself. You, you're, you're someone in Christ that, that would be an agent of change. It's not an option. We've, we've got to understand that following Christ is not optional. Either we're following Him or we are not following Him. But it's not optional. God's design for the, the Hebrews of the Old Testament, as well as believers in the New Testament, was that as followers of the Lord God Almighty, they would impact the world. They would change the world as His agents, His ambassadors, His children. There are, there's no option, there, there are no excuses. You are the salt of the earth. Now, what does it mean to be salt of the earth? How many of you like salt? You know, there's some people who give me a salt shaker and, and I, I'm, I'm going to salt my eggs and I'm going to enjoy my eggs. Some of you, you want to take that jar of Morton salt and you want to flip that little pour thing and... So, so we, we understand salt. So, well, if we look at this time frame... The salt that we, we read about is not iodized, neatly packaged salt. Salt here is was was pulled from the Dead Sea. Uh, and when it came from that region, it wasn't uh, it, it didn't look like uh, what we get in a grinder. It doesn't look like pink Himalayan salt. It 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 was it was nasty. In that it was it was a a mixture of both uh, both salt, but also vegetation. It was, there was some earth in there, and, and they would pull that salt, and it had its function um, uh, in the community. Salt was, uh, was important. As a matter of fact, they used to pay soldiers in salt. You've heard, uh, you've heard it said before, you're not worth your salt. Anybody heard that before? It's because salt at this time was, was a, a high currency. Uh, it was second to silver. So uh, soldiers would go to battle, they'd come in, they'd be paid with salt. And how many of you want your paychecks in salt? I don't, okay? Let's just be honest. But here, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. What does the salt do? Well, salt is, as we most know it, noted as a flavor. There's a great theologian once told me, um, great theologian named Porkchop said, Salt does not create flavor, it merely enhances it. Well, that, that's what salt does. You know, you can, I made some rolls a few weeks ago. Y'all saw my pictures. Well, when, uh, <coughs> some of you saw them, when we started eating them, Wendy said, you need more salt. They weren't quite flavored right. They needed salt. As the salt of the earth, Jesus came and he, he brought flavor. He enhanced life. The flavor of life through his through his ministry on the earth. You think about it. What does Jesus do? He walks into a society that is religious, that's consumed in there, uh, not just for Jerusalem, but all over the world. There were religion after religion, pagan 
uh, plurality of religions all over the world that were just trying and trying and trying and trying to do their best to appease God. And then walks Jesus. And into that mundane religious culture, Jesus comes and says, hey, let me introduce you to my Father. He says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but I come that you may have life, not just any life, not just mundane life, but life to the full, life more abundantly. Jesus steps in, and, 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 and all that the world had tried to fulfill in their own power and their own strength, Jesus comes in, and man, He has a flavor. He enhances life by introducing God Almighty to mankind through His incarnation. He, he introduces this relationship that's all about grace with God. How do we as salt of the earth, how do we as followers of Christ bring salt, be salt in this world? Well, we could, we could really give a long list of things to, to think about as salt of the earth, but, but as we think about this, we, we have to recognize flavor, adding flavor. How many of you recognize we live in a negative and cynical world? How many of you are negative and cynical? No, don't raise your hand because the reality is this. We live in a negative and cynical world, and if we are negative and cynical just like the world, we're not enhancing the world at all. We're part of it. As followers of Christ, we have some flavor to add in a negative and cynical world when we bring faith and hope and life that He's given to us. Faith not in the world system, but faith in the one who controls it all. We have flavor when we trust Him. Oh, we live in a world that, man, there's, there's wickedness, there's violence, there's hatred, there's anger all over the world. Well, in comes the child of God. And the, the child of God is not to just jump in and fight it out with everybody else. Scripture says that we come bearing the love of Christ. We bring a flavor that the world doesn't offer when we love others like Jesus did. Salt of the earth adds flavor to enhance life. Salt, a more prominent function of salt in Scripture was that it was a, 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 a substance to enhance life, to preserve life, to prevent decay. To prevent decay. Now, back in this day, they didn't have refrigeration. Uh, Frigidaire was not on their map anywhere. What they had was uh, they cured their meat with, with salt. They would preserve their meat and, and it would last longer. And so as a life preserver, as a life preserver, the salt would prevent decay and allow them to, to, to cut off meat a little longer. Y'all know what I'm talking about there, right? Um, how many of you remember... Uh, hanging meat in the meat house. Y'all, okay, y'all know that's what they they did. They they preserved their meat with salt. Well, Jesus comes in. He, he he's saying, "You are the salt of the earth." How in the world did Jesus? How was he a preserver of life, a preventer of decay? You got to look at the gospel. You got to see the gospel. When God created the earth, death was not His plan. Death was not His his purpose for the earth. 
But when man goes to sin, death entered in. And so in preserving life, not just for a length of time here on the earth, but for all eternity, Christ comes and He lives among us as the ultimate life preserver who would give us eternal life. The cause of death is sin. The remedy of sin is cross. The cross gives life to all who would believe and receive God's forgiveness. Just understand, God is this great life preserver, and in Jesus, He prevents decay in giving us eternal life. The grave couldn't hold Him so that He could give life beyond the grave. And so in Christ Jesus, we have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. How do you and I, how are you and I as salt of the earth life preservers? We're life preservers when we uphold the truth of God's Word. You understand? Because if there's no standard, then all the world goes to pot. So we uphold the truth of God's Word. Oh, we uphold the truth of God's Word. We stand for righteousness in our lives. We stand for righteousness when we share the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that the hope of a lost and dying world is in your hands, is in your heart when you know Jesus? And the hope of a dying world, the hope of dying family members, the hope of dying friends, the hope of, of lost co-workers, is given to you who know Christ. And as, as the salt of the earth, we're given opportunity to preserve life by extending the offer of eternal life in Christ. Do you understand? Salt of the earth. Salt flavors. Salt uh, prevents decay. Salt creates thirst. How many of you ever had a bag of chips without anything to drink? Or... Ooh, my mom cooked hog jowl. How many of you cooked hog jowl the other day? I know that stuff is salty normally, but what my mom cooked the other day was just wrong. Not my mom's fault. She blamed the guy that cut the meat, but whatever. I ate a little bit of that stuff. I don't know how many glasses of tea I drank. Because that salt felt like my tongue was swelling. I just went to drinking and drinking and drinking to try... Salt creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. You think about this. Jesus came and He lived among men. He taught for three, three and a half years or so. You know there's something about the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels? Everywhere He went, crowds followed Him. Now, now see that? Everywhere Jesus went, crowds followed Him because they were thirsty for what He had to offer. Everywhere He went, everywhere His disciples went, Jesus ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit comes. Peter and, and John, they are, they're, they're followed by the law to throw them in jail, but they had ministry opportunity after ministry opportunity. Why? Because their lives in Christ created a thirst for Him. Let me ask you, how many people do you know are thirsty for Jesus because of what they see of Him in you? You are the salt of the earth. And if 
you're the salt of the earth, if I'm the salt of the earth, then I am adding flavor to life. Good flavor. I'm about the business of life preserving and sharing the gospel, standing for truth. But as I live my life in Him, people who know me should want more of Him because of my life. And we need to heed a warning. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. But if the salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Heed the warning. Loss of saltiness is a possibility. Well, what do you mean by that? You understand that there's a problem here. Too many of us have rendered ourselves useless in the kingdom of God by allowing our saltiness to be stripped away. You see, I told you, this here, this salt uh, that is mined there in the Dead Sea is a mixture. What would happen in the homes was this, that when the, when the mixture of salt and minerals and vegetation and all that stuff, when the mixture lost the salt, when the saltiness was gone, they would take that salt mixture and they would take it out and they would toss it in the streets. Jesus said to be trampled underfoot by men. Why? Because the salt that was once useful is useless and nothing more than gravel in this mentality, in this, in this time frame. How many of us are useless as gravel in the kingdom of God because we've allowed our salt to be stripped away? Because we have given up our saltiness. You see, once diluted, the salt can never be put back in. So we lose our saltiness. How do we render ourselves useless? We, we do that when we choose to blend in with the society around us. Fitting in to the society around us. This, this is something that's infecting the entire church culture. We want to win people to Christ. So instead of, of, <coughs> instead of holding high Christ, we lower ourselves to look like the world. That's not biblical. We want to blend into the world around us so that we might reach them. I know the Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all people that by all means I might win some. He is not saying, I lowered the standard of Jesus. He's not saying, I lowered the standard of righteousness. He is saying that sometimes I had to get in the ditch with the people in the ditch so that I could win them uh, out of the ditch. But listen, here's, here's the point. When we choose to blend into society, we choose to live so that we don't stand out in society, then we run the risk of losing our salt by blending in, How? keeping up with social circles. We, we live in a social society. I mean, my goodness, you can leave the schoolhouse and go home and you get on social media so everybody can see what kind of roles you make. We're very social, and so we do things to try and keep up in the social circle. 
We, we let our guard down so that we'll fit in. We relinquish our moral responsibilities because, well, people won't like us as much if we stand for truth. People won't like us as much. We pursue wealth. That, that is, uh, we, we try and keep up with the, the American dream, which, by the way, is unbiblical as well. We, we pursue the American dream over and over and over. We fill our schedules, we fill our, job, we, our lives with multiple jobs so that we can make more money or pay off the lenders. Listen, the reality is this. Sometimes we've just got to sit back and serve the Lord. And that doesn't mean we shuck our debts. We need to pay our debts. But sometimes in trying to blend into society, we overload ourselves in such a way is that we have to tell the Lord no. Because we've blended in too much. And we've gotten caught up too much. We, <laughs> we render ourselves useless when we buy into it. And this, ooh, listen, we need to be very careful with this. We, we buy into this pluralistic mindset that all roads lead to heaven. All roads lead to God. Okay? Do you all know what that is? Somebody tell me what that is. Baloney. That's garbage. Okay? And we're not talking, we're not talking Brian Baloney either. Bar S. <laughs> Woo! Well, I'm, I'm telling you, that is a lie that more and more of us are buying into. More and more in the church are buying into. Listen, when we don't hold high the exclusivity of Christ and that He is the only way of salvation, we forfeit our usefulness because we won't win anybody to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. Hear Me. We best not uh, render ourselves useless by believing the garbage, the baloney this world throws at us. Because this world is not our standard. God's Word is. We forfeit our usefulness by normalizing sin. Y'all, this is where you and I have got to wake up. Because we are normalizing sin in our lives, in our homes, even in the church. Oh, you know, they're going to do it anyway. And so what we do is we subtly encourage our children and others in our lives to sin because <laughs> you're going to do it anyway. That is not, that is not being salt in the earth. That's forfeiting the salt because we have normalized sin. Oh, we normalize sin by encouraging others to do so by, by accepting it as, as the norm in our lives. Folks, listen. We've become callous to the reality of sin. We medicate. <laughs> we, 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 we choose to medicate to get rid of, of, of our conviction, uh, the, the, the conscious in our lives. When the Word of God says, acknowledge it and repent. Oh, hear me this morning. Too many of us have lost our saltiness because we've chosen to let it go. We've chosen things other than the things of the Lord. So how can we get our saltiness back? 
How can we get our saltiness back? Folks, we begin with repentance. You understand? Repentance. Lost person, you're useless in the kingdom of God because you're not even in the kingdom. Scripture says that you're an enemy of God. That you are a stranger and an alien to the kingdom of God. But that is not God's desire for you. Christ came, He lived, and He died in order that you could be adopted into the family of God, forgiven of your sins and given eternal life. And in order to receive eternal life, what do we do? We acknowledge the sin and we repent of it. And we turn our lives over to Christ. Christian, the usefulness of your life is regained when you choose to repent of your sin. Repent of all known sin, all sinful attitudes. Repent, repent, repent. And return to Jesus. And from that moment of repentance on, you began a new walk. A fresh walk of faith in Christ. You see, I don't think God wants any of us to be useless in His kingdom. God has something so incredible that He would use you to do in His kingdom. But you've got to let go, let go of the sin, let go of your reins, and yield your life completely to Christ. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how can it again be salted? It's good for nothing to be thrown out, trampled underfoot of men. See, that's not a loss of salvation. It's a loss of usefulness. Can I tell you this more? I'm going to be honest with you this more. There are people in my life that, that my witness, that my testimony of faith in Christ is useless for. Because I've been a fool at times in life. And I've said things and I've done things that just threw the salt out the door. But there are others that my life is useful before Christ. I want to encourage you. You may have thrown the salt out in some relationships. But God's not finished. God's not finished if you're willing to repent of your sin and allow Him to use you where He can today. 